All right. Welcome, welcome in the 109th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. We have a very good one, very informative one for you here today. And I will say, this is our first episode in a long time that Max has the restraint to not bring a trade. I know it's hard. Everyone's favorite segment, but it will probably be probably be back next week. So if you want to see a trade from Max, come back next week. But we have a good show for you. We have reports. We have weekend recap players, crystal ball. And then on top of that, we get into a little discussion about the worst parts about going to an NFL game. Again, wanted to thank everyone for making it into the episode. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there at D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode number 109 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Welcome, welcome in. We got the gang back together another week. Max and Super Producer hanging out up in the land. I am in New Jersey, the Dirty Jersey. Gentlemen, fun week of games. Give me an initial reaction. Give me an overreaction. We're about a third of the way through the season now. Give me a little bit of an overreaction to start the episode. That's the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. My overreaction is Adam Thielen will finish top five wide receiver for the season. That's a great overreaction. Uh, my overreaction is that Tyron Williams is the back of the future in Los Angeles. You guys and your propaganda, you guys are funny. Spicy. It's Tyron. not propaganda if you haven't been redraft. I don't have him in Dynasty, and I'm giving a Dynasty take. I always I, loved Kyren. I, I think he's really good. He had 20 yards through three quarters, and then he just broke some long ones. Dude, you got to be good to break the long ones. I mean, I guess, Peter. I'm glad Pardon? you still like him. He's running let's, back four in the year. Let's not digress too much. Gentlemen, how are we doing? You enjoy the slate of games. Run me down uh, on your Sunday. You know, I woke up, watched the London game. We knew we knew Zay was getting in the end zone there. That was electric to see. Um, and then, you know, the Browns pulled off a win. The Jets got a win. The Giants almost got a win. So, overall, just a crazy weekend of football. But congrats to the Jets. Congrats to the Browns. I mean, I didn't expect either, to be honest with you. Yeah, a little icebreaker for the show today. We do one every week. Wanted to talk. I went to the game with our dear friend and future colleague when he comes on the show eventually, Mort from South Jersey. Mario and I are sitting in the stands. I get out to the parking lot and it says, you know, our home. And it says it includes all the traffic. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I sat in two and a half hours of traffic on the way home from MetLife. I want you to tell me your least favorite thing about attending an NFL game. Mine has got to be just not being able to watch all the rest of the games. I mean, you go to a one o'clock game 
and there's five other games going on and you just got to constantly check your phone or sometimes they throw the the little update highlights in there on the jumbotron but it is kind of a sick feeling not not watching the rest of the games that's a really good one mr c i mean that's really good i would probably have to say like if i was to go to like i live downtown so like i can walk to the browns game pretty like in 10 minutes less than that but like just to go and like experience what you did, Peter, I think that sounds terrible to sit in two and a half hours of traffic. I was in the parking lot for an hour and a half trying I mean, to get out. At least your team won, but it's just the parking that they, they charge $60 for parking and 75. That's wow. And then you have to, well, I mean, that's crazy. $75 to park your car for three hours. That is wow. I know. Believe me. Gotta love New York. Gotta love New York pricing. The worst part about it was, uh, and we'll get into the episode in just a moment, Mario from South Jersey or Mord from South Jersey, he's a big Eagle fan. I'm a Jet fan. And now at two and a half hours, that car ride was a little tense. Jets shouldn't have won. Eagles were supposed to win. The car ride was a little tense. So that on top of the traffic was all time. All-time bad vibes on the on the ride home, but I was able to enjoy it today. It was a crazy win, but we'll get in the episode. We're not here to talk NFL. We're here to talk fantasy. Let's get into the pod. All right, first up from reports, Kyron Williams sprained ankle out for one game at minimum. Gentlemen, he's been lighting up the fantasy world. He's a top five running back currently. Do we think that he can get surpassed by Zach Evans or another running back? Super producer Zach Evans is your boy, so I'll let you start. Yeah, I this one is interesting. I really don't think that Evans can surpass him. Even let's say he goes off this one game, gets like 20 fantasy points or whatever. Kyron's been their guy and they've been feeding him the rock. So I highly doubt that Evans is just going to come in there and just take away a ton of touches from him. Um, But I am biased. I hope Zach Evans pops off and that's a hint to later on in the episode. I think they don't trust Zach Evans, to be honest. They signed Miles Gaskin. They signed Daryl Henderson. I think that it's a longer injury as well. I think it's more than just one week. I can see him going like, yeah, they have a bye week 10. So that's three games. He's going to miss this one. I don't think they rush him back. Like I can see them honestly not having him back till week 11 because we're already in week seven. So I don't know if they're signing that many running backs. I just don't think it's a a light-term injury. So I'm kind of worried. Yeah, it's definitely not the – best indicator that they're trying to add all these backs i think it's very interesting for him right now in redraft uh and i i mean this i'd probably be trying to sell and and trying to get a little bit less than equivalent value i think like an rb12 so like someone like maybe joe mixon or someone a little bit safer uh if you can my thing is in my league i'm five and one so i can wait a couple weeks to kind of see where he's at before I trade. I I have some time. I can take a loss or two and still feel like I'll still make the playoffs. So I don't need to win games this upcoming week. So I'm willing to see, but if you're in a redraft league and you have him, 
or if you're in a dynasty league and he's like one of your best guys and you need him to win a championship this year, I would probably be trying to trade as soon as possible. And like a smart thing to do is like, look at when you play, let's just say I, I play next this week, but Mr. C has Brees Hall's on a buy. Is that right? Yes. Brees Hall's on, on a Brees buy. Hall's on a buy. So like at the beginning of the season, I don't, I didn't have Brees Hall. But like it would have been smart for me to trade Brees Hall to Nick C if I got good value because then he has to sit him that week, you know. So I mean, if you can trade Kyron to somebody when they have a week ten buy, um, like look at whoever your week ten opponent is, check that out. Then it's, you're not playing Kyron already. You get something on top of it, equivalent value ish. I don't know. That's just always something I like to do. All right, let's keep moving forward. Richardson, Anthony Richardson looks like he's going to be out for the year with season-ending surgery. Definitely not something that you want to see, but I'm happy they're just going to shut him down. We saw enough of a glimpse. We talked about him last week as well, so we won't go in-depth, extremely in-depth. But, gentlemen, I still think this is a starting – like, you still got to start Pittman, fire up Pittman, fire up Jonathan Taylor type season. 100%, man. Pittman had 11 targets last week. I mean, he's done this in multiple weeks. He plays the Browns this week. Pittman had 14 targets last week, nine catches, 109 yards. Um, he's had over double-digit targets four out of the six games this season. So, yes, definitely fire up Pittman, fire up even Josh Downs, man. Josh Downs has looked pretty solid too. Are you buying Pittman actively? No, I'd probably be selling Pittman actively, to be honest with you. What's the reason here? The reason here is that he still has his bye week and his schedule, like, Yes. No, we're saying dynasty wise. Oh, dynasty wise. Yes, I'm 100% buying Pittman dynasty wise. If he doesn't get re signed by the Colts this year, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to go somewhere. So this is a contract year for him. He knows that Indianapolis isn't the best spot for him. There's a lot better out there. What do you think you could get for him right now? First and a half. You really think so? Like a 2024 first and a second? Yeah. Like a 108 in a second? Yeah. What do you think, Super Producer? If you find the right guy, I feel like you could get a first and a second, but I don't know. I feel like I would never be able to sell him for a first and a second. I feel like you'd have to settle for a first, even though his value might be a little bit higher than just a single first. But especially with, I mean, and we saw it last year with the 2023 rookie picks, but the way the 2024 rookie picks are getting hyped up right now it's the same story and i feel like someone will not give you an add-on uh on top of a first for him right right but if it's like if it's like a competitor's first and it's gonna be like 110 to 112 like just to get a 26 second in there like i think you can do that um and i i wouldn't pay that i'd pay a first but i would sell them for a first and a half that makes sense Makes sense. Last piece of news we'll get into. David Montgomery looks like he will be, quote-unquote, out for a little bit per Dan Campbell. Obviously, competitors are firing him up over Gibbs if you have both, which I'm sure a good amount of people actually do have the cuff. But Gibbs looks like he's trending towards playing this week. Are you actively trying to start Gibbs this week, or are you looking for different options moving forward? And then beyond that, through a dynasty lens, what happens if Gibbs lays another egg? I'll answer your question, then I'll let Nick. See, I'll take. I'll answer the last one, and I'll let Nick see take the first one. 
I think that if Gibbs lays another egg, it's still early. I'm not going to lie. Um, watching the Phillies game, they just got two more runs. Um, still early, but it's just not looking good. They drafted him 12th overall. They were super hyped up about him, and he just hasn't looked like a 12th overall pick. People make mistakes, man. Jalen Rager can be prime example, one of them. Uh, Peter, you can talk about Quentin Johnson later on in the episode if you want. So I wouldn't panic too hard. I'd try to sell. I'd try to buy. If he, if he, I hope he plays a dud so that I can go buy for like a first. I mean, I feel like you could buy for a first right now if you really wanted to. <laughs> I mean, really? I, dude, I don't know. I mean, the way he's been, I mean, there was hype after week one for him. Yeah, the utilization's just so low. No, it's bad, man. And as far as your first question goes, PJ, I'm probably going to end up starting him in probably like three or four leagues this week. Gibbs, that is, because, I mean, Baltimore isn't the best matchup in the world, but it's definitely not a, a hard matchup, everything considered. So I don't know, man. It's going to be pretty damning if Craig Reynolds out touches and out snaps Jameer Gibbs in this game. And I'd probably, like you said, Max, I would buy in Dynasty if that happens, but I, mean, I don't even know. Happens, if Craig Reynolds is out snapping and out touching him this game, you could probably get a, two seconds for him. Yeah, and I'd probably yeah. pay two seconds for him. Yeah. All right, final talking point. I know I just mentioned with Montgomery, but Max alluded to it. I want to talk about it now. Uh, I was listening to Colin Cowherd this week. Guy was pretty plugged in. Say what you want about his takes, X, Y, Z. He's a TV personality. Don't get me wrong. So he's just going to fire off takes. But when he gets a little bit more serious on his show, I tend to listen very intently. And he said after Monday Night Football, he spoke to some people in the building, some lower level people in the building. So that would be like scouts, uh, directors, things like that, player personnel directors. So not the GM, not direct sourcing. But they're saying the thoughts inside the building right now are that Quentin Johnston is a whiff and that he is just a miss in the first round. He's a bust. They've given him time. It's not like he's proving it in practice. He does not look like he's proving it in the game as well. I know Super Producer's trying to move Quentin Johnston right now. What do you do? Let's say you invested like the 105 in him, 106 maybe. I think that's kind of his range. It was 105, 106, 104 maybe. What would you be doing right now? Are you willing to hold? And he was never like an elite, elite, elite prospect. Are you willing to hold it and just cross your fingers and pray that the body type will win out? Or or what are we trying to do here? Yeah, I mean, for me, it really is context dependent. Like if you're a competitor and he's your wide receiver four, like God forbid he's your wide receiver three. I mean, you're probably not a competitor then, but. If it, in that case, I'm trying to flip him for a veteran, but in any other case, even if I'm middle of the road, I would just hold. I mean, there's no point in selling him for two seconds, I feel like right now. Yeah, it is an interesting one, PJ, because it has to be something that he's not doing in practice or something like that, because there's no way. I mean, the dude's seen, he saw 48% of snaps last week. Going into the buy, saw 51% of snaps. And then other than that, was sub 30% in snaps the first three weeks. So Palmer's better than him. Dude, yeah, Palmer's great too. That's the 
the other part, they obviously love Palmer and I don't know what Quentin Johnson's going to have to do. I mean, he's going to have to have Palmer get hurt to play over Palmer truly. And yeah, I don't know. For me, it doesn't seem like Kellen Moore and Staley are like rah, rah guys. Like you got to prove it and practice. They they really don't give me that, uh, that kind of energy. So that's why it's really concerning that he's not out there. We always talk about like before the seasons, like for Quentin Johnson to have some sort of relevance this year, he's going to need a Mike Mike Williams or Keenan Allen injury. He got the Mike Williams injury pretty on in the season. I get it could take some time to get adjusted to the NFL field, but less than 50% of snap chairs and getting out snapped by Joshua Palmer. And I mean, you name it, it's not a good look at all. So I'm very concerned about Quentin Johnson. And I probably would only pay two seconds. I would never pay a first for him right now. Yeah. And I mean, you're never going to be able to buy for two seconds. I feel like just because everybody drafted him at probably 104 or 105, depending if it's one quarterback. But I think the other main reason why I'm not going to sell him, like not not trying to actively sell him, like I put him in the on the block in one league, but you you don't know what the guy is yet. I mean, he's seen he's not seen north of fifty percent snap share other than one game, so you can't really base a judgment on that. I feel like, regardless of okay, you can judge that he's not getting playing time, but once he's getting once he gets like seventy percent, eighty percent snap share, and he's still not putting up numbers, all right, then I'm just gonna cut bait for any second rounders that I can get. I feel like. I almost offered you a trade, Mr. C, actually, but I, I couldn't do it. And I want to see what you guys think here. Um, Quentin Johnson or Traylon Burks? Burks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I flipped onto Traylon Burks' side. We were kind of talking about it in our group chat a little bit, and I put that poll up. The way the Titans are, they're probably going to have a top 10 pick this next year, and they'll probably get a good quarterback. So, All right, really quick, really quick. Uh, last topic for Quentin Johnston. I have keep trade cut up. I'm going to put some players of, a, of near equivalent value here. I want to hear what you guys think. Yeah. We have Quentin Johnston or Damian Pierce. Quentin Johnston. All right, Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston or Ramondre Stevenson. 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 Quentin Johnston or Jacoby Myers. Quentin Johnson. And remember, this is Dynasty. Kobe's still young, but I'll take Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnston or Ty J. Spears? Give me Ty J. Quentin Johnson still. All right, last one. And this will segue us into our our, uh, weekend recap. Quentin Johnston or Jamison Williams? J-Mo. Quentin Johnson. Ooh, I'd pick JMO. I would listen. I pick JMO. I would Nixie. If I had Quentin Johnson, you had JMO. I'd be sending that over right now. Uh-huh. All right, let's get into weekend recap right now. All right, so let's take a look at our first weekend recap player. I'm going to talk about Jamison Williams, my guy. He he is he is up there with some of my favorite players in the league was obsessed with his college tape. Finally, he's able to 
have a tiny shred of success. He was only able to score 12 and a half points and half point PPR. But I want to talk. This is what is coming next. He was only targeted three times during the game. Well, second week back, but it's this building process for him. I'm absolutely in love with him. This is not a propaganda. So somebody in our league will come and trade with me. He is a long-term hold on my team. If you watch the way he runs routes, even when he's not targeted, he absolutely embarrasses, embarrasses defensive backs. Jamison Williams, buy low, buy while you can. I I hate it, to be honest with you, Pete. I'm not going to lie. I know you just don't like him because you want to, you just want to be right. You want to have your original take and not move from it. No, Pete, I'm just, does it not concern you that his first week back, he played 47% of the snaps. This week, he only played 23% of the snaps and caught one touchdown. They're working them back. They're going down in snap percentages. They're working them back. I don't know. I'm they didn't, this they didn't spend a top top half first round pick on a guy that they didn't want to use at all. Well, unless his name's Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that if he didn't catch this touchdown, you're looking at him completely differently. And I think it was a sure, it was a good touchdown. Lucky guess. I don't know. I, I see where you're coming from. I I see his skill set. I truly do. I, I just I would never buy right now after the game he had with a touchdown. You just can't. But you can get him for equivalent value of Quentin Johnson. You can get him for two seconds. Can you don't you have really, to, though? So, yeah, you absolutely can. From the from the right owner, you can definitely get him for two seconds. One million percent. Because you want to look, where was he drafted? He was drafted in the top four of your draft, your home league draft probably. It's a little murky because there was contention on who was going to go top four for those receivers. It was a loaded receiver draft, right? But I just – I feel like if somebody took them late and they can get two seconds from them, they're going to do it. My only thing with it is – dude, I think there's there's a uh, Jameson Williams cult because I'm in a handful of leagues, and there's people that absolutely love him still. Me. And I feel like – no, for sure. And I feel like – he is going to be on the teams of people that absolutely love him in dynasty fantasy football. And I doubt you're going to pry him away for anything less than a first. I feel like people have waited all year for him to come back from the suspension. He finally does. He didn't have a healthy first like rookie year. He barely played there. Then he's got the suspension. They're working him back in. Like when's the narrative going to change? I just, I don't know. I don't follow it. I don't like it. And the narrative I... changes if at week 10, he's still getting 25% of the snaps. Then he is cooked, but he's he his skill set is too high not to play. I'm happy for you, PJ. I hope he pops off. Thank I mean you, that. super producer. I, I I do to you. You're 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 true and true to your guys, Pete. It is it is insane. It is very ride or die. I'm a ride or die. I really truly am. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving on. Max, who's your player this week? I'm gonna go Drake London. He's really interesting, tur- man. He's turned a corner. Kyle Pitts has even turned a corner. But Drake London, I'm, I'm keeping it in the same like wide receiver class or whatever. 12 targets, 9 catches, and 125 yards this week. That's phenomenal. He only has 2 touchdowns on the season. They're, like After week 1, you probably could have got him for super, super cheap. 
I don't think Desmond Ritter's the answer there long term. I don't think either of you guys do. Um, if these guys went and like, I always ask myself, like, not if he got Mahomes or whatever, but if he went and got Kirk Cousins, or if he went and got even Gardner Minshew, bro, he could put up just insane numbers. Desmond Ritter just isn't it. But it's finally- he's really good, man. Drake London is very good. Kyle Pitts is very good. We talked about him last week. I Kyle think Pitts he, found the end zone. He did. And he's got a pretty good schedule coming up here. Tennessee, Minnesota, and Arizona. I mean, it's not a bad schedule for Drake London. So I I, I like him, um, and I try to be buying in Dynasty. He had a great game, but and I'm just looking at the schedule too. That is a great schedule. You just got to preface it that Washington is – like the worst matchup or like they're like the easiest matchup for a receiver. I guess you can't really put that against London because he's it's just going of, out there and playing, but yeah, I think I it's really know. interesting. They thought the, the problem was Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, and then it turns out it was, and then they rest him this game and don't play him and the receivers still feast. So maybe it's just the whole defense and you're trying to find that matchup and redraft and for competitors, but it's so interesting with London. I don't think you could buy him really in Dynasty unless you're paying a, a premium price for him. I mean, even though he really hasn't produced because that team's just been awful for pass catchers, but I I don't see how you could buy him for less than two. A first and two seconds. Do you think two first, PJ? Yeah, I think after this last performance, because you know they'll get better at quarterback especially in a dynasty lens, like going into the draft, I wanted the, the, and this is full factual, uh, you know, no problem admitting this. I wanted the jets to draft London and Garrett Wilson to go to Atlanta because I liked London's build. I liked his tape just a little bit more. Um, I still think Garrett Wilson is the better receiver. I think Garrett Wilson is worth more dynasty lens wise, but I, I think it's interesting that, one of these guys from this draft class is starting to pay dividends after a long hold period without anything. No, I I do agree. I had a question actually for you guys here. It's not me bringing a trade to the episode. I actually didn't bring one this time, but it is a hypothetical. Would you rather have Drake London or Zay Flowers? Probably London. London. Yeah, I would have London. Really? I think I'd rather have Flowers. I got offered it in a league. And I said I'd rather have flowers. I don't know. It's it's got to be close though. It, it's definitely like borderline. The only thing that it comes down to is it's less player skill set uh, that makes the difference for me, and it's more offense because I know. Look, Atlanta wants to run the ball. The Ravens want to run the ball. Dynasty lens wise, I think Atlanta will throw the ball more. We know Lamar is locked and loaded there forever, and they're not going to change that offense. But I know that that he can uh, that. Uh, Drake London can become the focal point of the offense. Yeah. And I mean, for me too, it's, you look at, it's a similar argument to what we talk about, like pre-draft for a lot of the rookies coming out. It's like, what is the legitimate ceiling? Drake London's ceiling is, he probably has 13 touchdown ceiling. Honestly. I mean, if he gets an air raid quarterback, that's throwing the ball a crazy amount of times. Does Zay Flowers yeah. have that type of ceiling? No, I, he does no. not have 13 touchdown ceiling. So, yeah, 13 su- touchdown ceiling is, is a little lofty. That's like uh, that's like Sistine Chapel ceiling. Like that's like the best ceiling in the world. Zay Flowers' ceiling is kind of like like a warehouse where it's just like fluorescent lighting. 
That's, you know, that's what his ceiling. Unless like. you think Flowers is like the next Antonio Brown, but that's really how he could reach his his ceiling. But that's not a realistic ceiling because AB is such an outlier. Yeah, AB is an outlier. I don't know. I like I look at Zay and like I like Zay. The targets he's had in the first six games, four out of the six of them have been double digits. Well, 10, 10, 11, 8. Um, he'll have over a thousand yards this year. He has a really easy schedule, but at the same time, like I just don't see him being able to put up that many touchdowns. Ceiling's probably like seven or eight in the season. All right, let's move on. Super producer, who's your player? Yeah, the one that I'm going to bring up is an interesting guy, and it's not going to be propaganda, but I do have him on a dynasty team in uh, our one quarterback league. It's going to be Adam Thielen, man. He just popped off again. He's wide receiver for four on the season and half point PPR, which is pretty insane. And I saw a crazy stat. Um, so shout out Alex Caruso. He's been on a heater for his prop bets, too which is pretty wild if you guys are trying to tail some plays. But since week two, there's only three players that have outscored Adam Thielen. It's Raheem Mostert, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Wow. wow. So other than that, it's been the Adam Thielen show. As a competitor, it's tough to say sell this guy. But if you have the depth, I mean, you definitely were not banking on Thielen to produce for you. So he's got to be a wide receiver four or five probably on your team just roster construction wise. So I'm just saying, sell this dude while you can get a second to another competitor, get two seconds. If you can um, maybe do Thielen and a second or two seconds to try to get a first rounder. I'm trying to make that trade. Um, realistically, this guy will not finish in the top 10 at wide receiver. He's had a cake cake matchups this whole first stretch of the season. And I'm just calling it like it is. I mean, he's been getting fed the ball. He's been getting like, he's had three games where he's had 11 catches, which is insane. (laughs) Um, But I just don't think it's sustainable once they start seeing real defenses. And uh, Bryce is just locked onto him. But but I I don't know, man. I, I just can't buy this season long. He's just this. He's just the safety blanket that these young rookie quarterbacks get. I think it's going to be really interesting. He's old, so he's not going to last a full season. I doubt he plays 17 games. I I think now is the perfect time to sell. See if you can get like a second. Yeah, he's 33 years old. Just not uh, not good at all. So if you can get a second, I think that'd be great. All right, let's move into our crystal ball segment. All right, welcome into Crystal Ball. We're going to see what players are going to hit, what ones are going to miss this upcoming week. But as per usual, JFC makes his once-a-week cameo. John from Cleveland. JFC, how we doing? What is up, Monarchs? Of course, uh, here I am uh, making my once-a-week cameo. Um, you're like, uh, you're kind of like Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee for us. You know, you come on big draw. That's, you know, everyone skips to this part in the episode just to hear from you, JFC. That's right. They, they know I'm coming. Um, kind of just going off the top of my head. I'm going to have to go ahead and go with, give me AJ Brown against the Dolphins. 
Um, he's been on an absolute tear recently. Kelly um, Greens. And I know he didn't score last week, but what, 120 yards or something? Week before that, he also put up over 100. Um, Dolphins, I feel like all of their games have been pretty high scoring. Um, they don't have the greatest secondary. Um, I think they've given up, they're like ranked 26th against the receiving. Um, AJ Brown, I think, will hold torch him. Um, you know, I'll finish up my my uh, quick cameo here. My bust of the week. This is going to be bold for most folks here. Cooper Cup. Um, I think we're going to have a Puka showcase this week. Uh, he had a down week last week. Um, I may be, you know, sucking him off a little too much here. But mm-hmm. I, I just watched his recent interview with Aaron Andrews. It's about three minutes. Great interview. That's about um, your... Uh... Your attention span. That about your attention span? Three minutes? Funny. Um, <laughs> he plays Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense, their secondary kind of blows, if you ask me. Um, I think Puka's going to go off. I think Cooper Cub won't. I think they're going to probably just shadow him the whole game. And I don't know. I know it's bold to say he won't pop off, but I'm just saying maybe it's not that he won't do well, but I think Puka is going to have a better game than Cooper cup. Book it right here on the Monarch podcast. Bang. You, you talking, out. you talking trash about Driscoll's team. The Steelers. I don't know. He's, he's on Monday night, man. Big Mace, big Mason decides to show up. John from Cleveland. Everyone let's get a little round of applause. JFC. All right, let's take a look at last week's boom bust results. Max, you had a boom of Zay Flowers. He barely reached that mark, 14.1 points, uh, and a bust of A.J. Brown. He had 16.6. So, no, you you went one for one. I went 0 for 2. I thought Garrett Wilson was really going to hit it. He came up just a point shy at 13, and I thought Justin Herbert was going to have a rough game. Statistically, fantasy-wise, he did look good, but eye test-wise, did not look the best. Missed some wide-open guys. I projected him to bust, but he did not. He had 18.5 points, perfectly average week for a quarterback. Super producer also went 0 for 2. Thought Kyle Pitts was going to boom, 12.3 points. Again, Kyle Pitts rule, that counts as a that counts as a boom. Kyle Pitts rule, anything over 8 points for Kyle Pitts is a boom. Uh, but he did think that Ayuk was going to bust. 9.6, I kind of like 9.6 points for a bust, even though it's not categorized as it. Ayuk has been on a tear, especially with... Uh, with going up and seeing Cleveland, 9.6 points would not want that in my starting lineup for a receiver. But let's move into this week's picks. Mason, our special guest, JFC, decided A.J. Brown for boom, Cooper Cup for bust. We'll see if he's right next week. Super producer, I want to see your picks to start. So for my boom this week, I'm going to go with Zach Evans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kyron Williams, Ronnie Rivers, both out. Uh, Ronnie Rivers out, I think, four to five weeks. And then Kyren, we're not sure how long he'll be out for. But regardless of that, Evans is slated to get the lion's share of the touches there uh, this week. And he really hasn't had much production this year, hasn't seen a ton of playing time. Um, He got a few carries last week, um, but didn't really do much with them. But I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of a Kyron Williams hater. I don't think he is necessarily the most efficient running back in the league and he's just getting volume, but volume is king in fantasy football. So I think Zach Evans, if they give him 
I mean, I, I think he's going to get like 15 to 20 touches probably this game. Um, and maybe he can pop off. So that's what I'm expecting them to do. Pittsburgh Steelers, they allow the seventh highest points per game versus running backs this year. And yeah, man, I am just attacking the bad matchup, expecting some volume for Zach Evans here and think that he's going to pop off. I sure hope so, Mr. C. I, I really do. I have him in some leagues, hoping to get in, in some other leagues. I just don't know. With them adding running backs, it scares me. I like the matchup, but I like the logic behind it, though. So I, I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I do as well. Zach Evans, look, we're going to talk about it. Is it the system or is it the back? I think a lot of it has to do with the system. Don't get me wrong. So when I always hype up Kyren, if he was in a different spot, I don't think he'd be having the success uh, that he is used to having. So I do like the pick. I think Zach Evans, former five-star, super producer, former five-star. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with this pick too. I am – 100% biased. I like Zach Evans a lot. I liked him in the pre-draft process, so my bias is showing this week. But I will uh, hop into my bus pick. It's going to be in the same game there. George Pickens versus the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams have been a pretty hard matchup for receivers this year. Rams are actually the fourth hardest matchup against wide receivers points per game wise. So no Jalen Ramsey. They're still performing at a top level there in Los Angeles. I don't know. George Pickens just scares me here because we're seeing some reports that there's a possibility Deontay Johnson will be practicing this week still to be seen. So I guess that kind of throws that up in the air. I would feel better about Pickens if Deontay does not play. But regardless of that, it's just too many question marks at this point in the week for me. And if I have other flex options, I'm trying to get them out. Obviously, the news with Deontay will will make a big impact there. But I, I just don't think Kenny Pickett is it. They're, they are coming off a bye, but I think the Rams are better than people give them credit for. I do agree. I mean, Pickens, he's a touchdown or bust kind of guy. He's a big play kind of guy as well. Kenny Pickett sucks. The Steelers' offense is pretty bad, um, so I think this is a great bust, Mister C. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It just anytime I get to slander George Pickens, I'm happy, uh, and it's nothing against him as a person. I just don't like the prospect that he is. Uh, he he's good for long plays, but I just don't think he's the kind of guy that can take like crazy volume and become an elite elite wide receiver uh, to be able to mix it around. I, I really do like it, L.A. Sneaky hard defense, very sneaky, sneaky tough. Uh, and the Steelers O line kind of sucks. So I feel like Kenny's going to get uh, chased around by Aaron Donald all game. All right, Mr. Max, let's move into your two. These picks are kind of bold. I'm not going to lie. Um, my first boom of the week is going to have to be Wandale Robinson. Uh, the Giants play the Commanders. Wandale, eight targets last week. Played really well out of the slot, 62 yards. He had 14.2 fantasy points in full point PPR, um, which is which is really good for him. I know he has not scored a touchdown this year, so I feel like he's due there. I also really like Hyatt this week as well. This commander's defense just stinks, um, and I think either with Tyrod Taylor or Daniel Jones, they'll be able to get the job done. I like it, man, chasing the bad matchup. Everybody's been just torching the secondary for the commanders. So 
I can see it, man. And they have been feeding Wandale. It'll be interesting to see if Daniel Jones ends up suiting up, but I don't think it really matters because Tyrod Taylor is probably better than him. Tyrod Taylor is more efficient as a passer than him. I don't, I don't know if I would stretch to say better, but I, I do like the pick. I have Wandale and Dynasty. I'm not sure if I'm going to play him uh, just because I do have other guys that I do like this week. Like I like Jamison Williams this week. XYZ. So it's going to be interesting who I start in the flex. But I will say, Wandale really impressed me last week. Uh, I, I do truly, truly like him a lot. Why would you not start him versus one of the worst defenses in the league against wide receivers? Because I love Jamison Williams, and that's like my boy. But it's it's going to be back and forth between him and, and Jamison Williams. But I'll probably end up taking Wandale because of the, the matchup, but I wouldn't I wouldn't think it's it's gonna come down to the last minute. Who else starts for you at wide receiver? Just curious. Uh, Chris Godwin. This okay. is my team that's a little bit down on its luck. Uh my starters are Christian Watson, Chris Godwin, and Jamison Williams currently. Okay. And then Jerry Judy, Wandale Robinson on the bench. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. I think you're point shaving, but that's that's neither a conversation for here nor there. Um, that's, a, that's a big accusation. Better not say that half ass. If you're not starting him versus the best, I mean, that's the only reason I'll start Isaiah Hodgins this week because they play Washington and Washington stinks. But with that being said, my bust. I, I hate to do this. It's going to have to be DK Metcalf. Um, yeah, he plays Arizona this week. He does not fare well against Arizona in the past. He just doesn't. I, I get it at home. I just think that DK has a stinker. I really think this is a stinker kind of DK game. I, I get it's a very good matchup on paper, but I'm just not for it. I love DK more than probably anybody on this podcast. I just think given Arizona and how well they've honestly looked, especially versus Seattle, I think this is a trap game, and I just don't think DK gets it done. Max, let's do a little twofer because DK was my boom. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I just I he doesn't play well against Arizona. He never has. He has one game of a boom, quote unquote, over 14 points versus Arizona. I think he scored two touchdowns in its five years. So that's like eight games. I don't know. I don't think he finds the end zone. I don't think he's got the volume. You're gonna be relying on a touchdown, like a big big play touchdown super producer you break the tie oh i i was just looking through the game logs and yeah i mean arizona kind of clamps them up and it's weird because anytime the rams play arizona too cup has kind of had his issues but oh i i i'm gonna say that he has a mid game i'll tell the line here He's just going to go for his average. Uh, not his average. He's just going to go and get his projected. He'll get nine or ten. All right, let's move on to my bus since we just covered my boom. Mr. Max, you want to do a little uh, water bet? Yeah, you still owe me a water bet, but we can. We, we, uh, we pay for all of our water bets at the end of the year. Okay, sure. So we'll we'll do a little water bet on this game. 
Okay. I think he's going to boom. You think he's going to bust. If he ends up in the middle, no harm, no foul. Okay, cheers. All right, so my bust this week is Jordan Addison. I know he's the new fantasy darling since Justin Jefferson has been hurt, but you have to pull him out of your lineups. San Francisco's defense is going to come out angry Monday night against the Vikings. It's not going to be a fun game. It, it is absolutely not going to be a fun game. I think he gets the clamps completely put on him, and the Vikings get embarrassed on national television. I could see him getting under five points in this game. The only way, the only possible way that he gets a boom in this week is if he either, A, catches like a 40-yard touchdown, or B, grabs a touchdown off of like a turnover, and they're, they're just in the red zone, like instantly. I, I just can't see a world where he goes and puts up more than 14 points. Can't see a world where he gets – just like peppered with targets. I, I can't see it. Not against this defense, not primetime Kirk Cousins. Make a good point. I don't know. I don't mind the matchup. It's at home, but his target share is concerning. I mean, you sold me with primetime Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I mean, Kirk looked bad last week too. And 49ers are for real. I, I don't know. They, I mean, they lost to Cleveland last week, but. That defense is still a top three defense in the league for a reason, and they're probably going to make Kirk look pretty silly. So I'm with you on this one. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Week seven on the horizon. Gentlemen, anything before we go? I'll say this. I think that the Browns lose this week, sadly. Who do they play? The Colts. I think it's a trap game. I think the Browns coming off a big win. Big like win. They're gonna come out flat. I think the Browns lose. So Gardner Minshew carves up that defense. That's probably my lock of the week is Colts plus two. Colts plus two. I think I think for me, something that everyone wants to watch, Sunday night games could be really interesting. Eagles and the Kelly Greens. It's gonna tell you a lot about that team. And and obviously, look, I do have a Philly leaning bias. I lived there for seven years. But I think when you look at this team, if they don't respond and they get blown out by Miami, I think their season might be cooked. But if they do respond and put up a really good fight and win that game, then they're going to the Super Bowl and they're going to beat the 49ers because they they are the boogeyman for the 49ers. They have everything that the 49ers have and then some. They have a tough schedule coming up, man. They do. They need this game. They need to win this game. Because after this, they get the Commanders, which is nice. And then they play the Cowboys, then the Chiefs, then the Bills, then the 49ers, then the Cowboys, then the Seahawks. Not fun. Wow. They need to go at least 500 in that stretch if they want to win the NFC. It's going to be really hard. But what I'm basically saying is any Eagles, you have to lock and load them and like put them in your lineup. At all costs. Don't think, don't think twice. Don't think that Swift might have a bad game. Like XYZ, like Miami's defense is horrible, and this team has to respond because if they don't respond, their season's virtually over. All right. That's gonna bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Week six in the book, seven on the horizon. Thank you. Thank you so much. We will see you this time next week. Peace. 
Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>